0: So our sermon today is Rose. We're coming out of Romans 5, verses 6 through 8. Sermon today is called Rose. When we look at a rose, many times, especially for us guys, right? Uh, And as I start this, I was inspired somewhat because uh, we have a couple today who were married last Friday. Would y'all mind coming down so everybody can see y'all? Amen. So this is Mr. and Mrs. Johnson. We got, we got a lot of Johnsons. All right. Something about that Johnson. Johnsons and so forth. So I was inspired somewhat by that. But we're also within our series, it's our Easter series called Rise. So this is the R, Rose. When we look at a rose, especially for us gentlemen, we see that red top. And then the women also see the red top. But with a rose comes thorns. And what we have to remember as Christians, that life has thorns. But at the end of that stem, there lies a beautiful rose. And so Jesus was compared many times to a rose. But our life is just like that rose. You're going to have some thorns. You're going to get pricked and sometimes you're going to get cut. And sometimes it's going to hurt. But when you keep looking at that rose, you're going to remember why you went through the thorns. And the truth is, this is somebody I brought from the store. If you're going to the rose garden, you become a little bit careful. Am I right? you just don't stick your hand into the, the rose bush. Why? Because you're going to get all cut up. So you're careful when you're trying to do certain things with the rose. We should be careful with our life. We should be thoughtful with our life. Why? Because our life is not for ourselves, but our life is to give glory to Christ. So Romans 5, 6 through 8, and it reads, For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for us, died for the ungodly. Sorry, I'm just going to put my us in there already. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. First point, rubbish, trash. The truth is my life without Christ is trash. Now I know that's a hard thing to take trash, I'm like the garbage dump. Well, if you look at your life before Christ, and sometimes, and we're going to get into it, our life now sometimes, when we are not in protocol or in line with Christ, and if you're not Christian, you're not in line with Christ, your life is full of of non-potential, full of mess, full of everything else garbage. Now, I don't know about you, but the last time I went to the garbage dump, I ran out of there quickly. Dump my trash real quick and get on out. It's one thing when we dump our trash in our little, you know, trash can. But when you have to go to the dump or when you come in the house, whoo, somebody need to take out what? The garbage, the trash. Why? Because garbage starts to smell up a house. It will smell up a building. Garbage in our life smells up our entire family, our entire house. Our entire car. Garbage will destroy us. But when we were born, we were born in sin. We were born in garbage. We were born in iniquity. God demonstrates his love for the lost. Verse 6. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's us. If you don't know, you were ungodly. You were born ungodly. That means he loved the helpless. Helpless, powerless, weak. Without strength, early helpless, without no way of escape. Now, I know about you, but when you don't have Christ, you are spiritually weak. You can run, and uh, yesterday, because, you know, I got nothing that, you know, Pastor trying to lose the way he's struggling. But we're going to get there. We're praying. So we put putting this game on the Wii called Punch Out. Woo! You know, on the old Nintendo, when you just use your thumbs, that was different. You know, back in the day. When you got to use a weed, you got to be punching. Brother got a little sweat on. My my little girl almost beat me. And she's just doing this. Like, now I'm up here really trying to have strategy. Anyway, that's here there. Man nature is helpless. We're hopeless. When you're sick, especially as men, and I know our women can comment, when we're sick, we won't be taken care of. We want to be taken care of. And that's when many of our wives and girlfriends and so forth, well, i like, I have another child. Yes. I want to be taken care of like my mama took care of me. If that's here or there. <laughs> and sometimes happens, sometimes don't. Amen, man? So we're hopeless. But you understand that God's saying you will be weak. But I am there to be that strength to Lift you up, and so when we get to the, the things that, that we are trying to do, and Shannon, can you pass Shannon? Maybe she walks it out with one, you can pass this to Shannon. Thank you, thank you. We try to change our life ourselves, we try to do self help books, we try to develop disciplines. We try to follow moral philosophies. We try to become more educated. We will even change the way we speak. And yes, how are you doing? My name is Mark, and I am more educated now. And we will change everything about us. I I don't know Pookie anymore. Uh, I haven't seen Pookie. You know? But we have tried to make laws. More laws have created more overcrowding in our jails. The brother in green, he happened to be in jail. But everybody else? Everybody else up in there, they're like, man, if you, man with the camera, if you can get me out of here. We have tried more education. But more education just means sometimes we're a higher level in criminal. Amen? All the banking crises that happened, those were very high educated, Harvard educated, uh, finance, economic people. And they were fleecing the whole country. And the truth is, they still haven't been caught, right? No one has even tried to put them. Why? Because they are friends with the same people who are going to put them in jail. Pookie is not on Wall Street, but Bob is. And so he's more educated. The same thing when we had tried social reform. The country of America outlawed alcohol. When we did that, it created the Alcompone to be multi millionaires. Today they will be almost billionaires. And the truth was, even when we did that, it affected the poorest, but in the White House, alcohol was still flowing. So rules that you abide by, that man creates, not all men will abide by it. So our nature is still falling even when we try to create all this. One of the biggest industries that we have is the diet industry. Amen? Why? Because you know what? We're trying to deal with something that's Trying to deal with the outside. Weight watch make money all the time. That's why they can give money to uh, Jessica Simpson. And then she get pregnant again, and she ain't lost any kind of weight. Before she got pregnant, I'm talking about, the second time. They gave her a million. They, they write that off. They gave Jennifer Hudson her million. But well, you know why? Because we going to win. We, we join up, try to get it. We, we get dis- discouraged, and we quit. And we, sometimes we get it off our roll. Sometimes we keep paying them. I had a gym membership for a whole year. ain't been to the gym. Paid them $50 some dollars a month. That's $600 a year that I gave to them just said, hey, I'm a member. So think about the things that we try to do on the outside to affect the inside. And God is saying, and this is the truth, until we start dealing with the inside matters, the outside will never really change. And so that's why the government cannot change hearts. Laws will never change a heart. Abortion will be here forever. It is up to the church not to protest, but to be alongside that woman and that man said, we're going to walk beside you. You don't have to make decisions. We're going to be with you for the whole 18 years of this child. So you don't feel alone. So you don't feel discouraged. Even when your family has turned their back on you, understand Christ Jesus is right here. Now, what if that's been a response for 40 years from the church? I would guarantee you abortion numbers wouldn't be as high. But that has not been our response. Our response is, let's go to abortion clinics. Let's go protest. Some of us got crazy and want to blow up a clinic. Some of us think, well, if I influence the president, it was going to change things. No! Your money don't look like Wall Street money. But what you have is a power to change hearts. And so those are the kind of things you cannot ever try to overcome this. Not, not, not the outside stuff. We have to deal with the heart issues. So the Bible also does not teach God helps those who help themselves. We've been taught that. Sometimes we've been preached showed the pulpit. But the preacher ain't never went to the scripture. And see, at times, at times, we can infer don't infer on God's word. Make it plain. That God said or didn't say it. It doesn't say that. This is what God says because this is the truth. The first statement, God helps those who help themselves, is a lie from the devil. That's the lie he told Eve. It's the lie he told David. It's the lie he told Abraham. It's, a, it's the same lie he tells us. Help yourself. Then God's gonna show up. God is saying. When you admit you can't do it, then I'm going to show up in for real reality. When you show that I'm going to decrease, and God, I'm going to say you increase it. God said, now I'm really about to show you my full awesome power. When you have come to the point where he says, I can't do it, I'm at the end of my rope. God is simply saying, I just have been waiting for you to say it. He loves the ungodly. Jesus did not die for himself. Jesus did not have any sin. He did not die for the angels because the angels don't need salvation. He died for us. And the truth is, those who are self-righteous, it's sad because you lie to yourself. We were all born in iniquity, all born in sin. So you lie to yourself when you're like, I don't know about you. But I am a Christian, I go to church, I sing in the choir, but do you believe in Jesus? Well, I believe he's a great uh, prophet and teacher. I follow his principles. Do you believe in Jesus? I believe he was a historical figure. Do you believe in Jesus as a personal savior? Well, actually, I believe that he was a great teacher. When you do all that, you know what I'm saying? You got folks that come to church all the time. that are not saved. that don't know Jesus Christ as a personal savior and Lord. that have not repented of their sins. They are simply coming to church because they had a habit. Easter Sunday is full in America. But you know how many souls are not still saved? The third largest religion in the world is not having a religion. Well, folks will say, I'm fully moral. I'm fully good. I'm doing good things. And no matter how many good things you do, understand, Jesus could have saved Hitler. He could save the plantation owner. He can save your worst enemy. He can turn them around. That's how powerful God is. And so we got to get out of the whole thing of the whole self righteous part. But he died for the ungodly. Mark 2 17 says, They that are whole have no need of a physician, a doctor, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. Sometimes our church houses don't want sinners. Sometimes our church houses want pre-made saints. But pre-made saint means that's you have made that up. I'd rather have some jacked up folk, because you got a jacked up pastor. And a jacked up pastor, I man we got an awesome guy. Because an awesome guy is going to make a better pastor. An awesome guy is going to make a better congregation. An awesome guy going to make a better congregation that will go out and reach that harvest for the other jacked up people. Because understand this, is it hard for what, your situation you're going through, and somebody who's never been through it, and they try to give you advice, isn't it hard to listen to them? Oh, child, uh, um, I can't pay my bills. Well, you know, I, I never had that experience. You know, I'm from Highland Park. But uh, uh, if I was you, I would create a budget. my situation. You never had my problem. When we come up from a jacked up point and say, God I'm jacked up. And God says I will create and renew you. I will create a new creature within you. And you tell that person I was a jacked up person. But this God gave me the ultimate cure. I was a sinner. I was messed up. I was a sinner. I was so depraved. But God saved me. And when you relate that to somebody, and listen, this is my testimony, I was on what, what, what. Because we all got a skeleton, don't we? And God said, let me open up the closet, because it's all right to share it. Some of us got some alcohol addiction. Some of us got some uh, drug addiction. Some of us got some pornography. Some of us got some anger issues. Some of us got some food addiction. If we will get in the real business of who we really are and share that to tell you, will see the harvest come in. But when we act like, I was born righteous, I live righteous, and I'm just a righteous person. What will happen, you won't reach anybody. When you come from the standpoint of, I was just like you, you can reach everybody. Because that's what God will do. So sinners are wanted at victory. So, when the godly person repents, turn from your sin to Jesus, That's when we realize that I need more than what I'm just doing. I need more than just this, the life I'm living. I need more than just this philosophy. I need more than I'm going to treat people like I want to be treated. No, I need Jesus Christ. So to repent, I'm walking this way in sin. I'm walking to the club. I'm walking to the liquor store. I'm walking to the crack house. I'm walking to all the people that push my buttons and make me angry. I'm walking to all the debt that I have because I just want to spend all my credit cards up. I'm walking to all the payday loan people and try to get all the payday loans, but I'm getting more into slavery to them people. When well, I'm walking to all that and we say, Jesus, I need you. He says, repent of your sins. I turn back. I'm just walking to Jesus. No matter where I'm going, I'm just walking to Jesus. I might walk through a storm. He's with me. I'm walking with Jesus. I may walk in where bills look a little scary. He said, I am Jehovah Jireh. I keep walking with Jesus. I may have people come against me. He said, I am Jehovah Nisi. I'm going to be with you. I 'm walking with Jesus I, I, I got storms and I got people hating me. He said, "I am Jehovah Shalom. I give you peace. This is the God you have when you repent one way or the other you're walking. one way or the other you're walking. So point two redeemed equals redeemed equals rescue. and so God demonstrates his, his love to us because he saved us. He has rescued us. Are y'all allowed of children, church? If y'all are, that's cool. y'all are out, huh? Y'all all right? Okay. We all right? Okay, OK, we keep going. All right, so we get to the point of Christ dying for us. By Christ dying for us, He rescued us. The extent of his love, man love is limited. God love is unlimited. He doesn't have any uh, ulterior motives. He loves you. Understand, many times us as men, when we come home with some roses, because we done done something. We have messed up somewhere. We done messed up that morning, and now it's time for me to come home, and I want us to have a happy house. So I'm going to bring me some cake home. I'm going to bring me some whatever home or some jewelry or whatever for that man, brother, brother, brother. Wherever you know your wife or your girlfriend or that person you love likes, you bring that home and smooth it out. We have an ulterior motive. When God does it, he's doing it for your best interest. Sometimes us as men doing it, we are doing it for our best interest. I want peace. Flip side, women do it too. Let us not just say we're the only ones, right? All right, I won't get in all the steps. So man's love is conditional while God's love is unconditional. God loves us so much he put his own son on the cross. That's why when we get to the cross, we have to praise because at the cross, that's where redemption was purchased. That's where we were starting to be rescued. That's when forgiveness was made possible through the blood of Jesus Christ. We were rescued. We were redeemed. We had a debt that we had to pay. And he says, instead of you paying the debt, I will put my own very life on the line and I will rescue you from it. And so this, this section just gets into, we have to understand, we were born prisoners. We were born in slavery. And it's God himself who says that, Kelly, can you check on that for me? It's God himself who who has set us free. So Jesus paid our debt. Jesus paid our debt. We were prisoners. We were put into sin. We were locked up. And Jesus said, I'm going to free you. I'm going to be the one to unlock all your shackles. I'm going to be that one. And so that's why it says, let me just read that. And then, God, as you know, the gospel, the good news, it is simple in that we were lost for God. And Jesus came to rescue us. He came to liberate us. He came to set us free. He came to redeem us. He came to buy us back from slavery, to sin. He came to buy us back. We gave ourselves away at the Garden of Eden. And for 2,000 years, He had planned. Now you know what, even before the Garden of Eden, I know you're going to fail me. I know you're going to sin. But I got my son in reserve. It's going to be a 2,000 year story before I put my son on that cross. And I'm not going to even send him to the best house to live in. I'm going to send him into the garbage. I'm going to send him into Nazareth. I'm going to send him amongst the poor. And he's going to live 33 years, be hated, be, be betrayed, be put on a cross, He was born without sin, but he's going to bear all the sin. And me, myself, I'm going to have to step back from my own son because I am a holy God. I'm going to say, my son. My son is going to say, Lord, my God, my father, why have you forsaken me? But I have to forsake my son because he put on the sins of you. And you know what? By his stripes, you're going to be healed. By his death, you're going to live. By the nails in his hands, you're going to see all of that. But God said, I'm going to do it, knowing full well what he had to do. And that's the an awesome thing. He created, he loved us so much. I know you're going to make a mistake, but even though I love you, And you're going to forget forget about me. You're going to turn your back on me. I still have a plan to redeem you. I still have a plan to rescue you. I knew Eve and Adam were going to mess up. I knew David was going to be with Bathsheba. I knew the Israelites were going to be down in Egypt. And when I rescue them out of there, they're going to complain in the wilderness about me. But everything that I'm doing is an illustration. I had a ram in the bush for Abraham. is an illustration. Because I won't be able to save my son. Like I say, Abraham's son, I'm going to have to sacrifice my son so that you may live. And that's what God did. We confess, we believe, if we be saved. The debt's paid in full. Paid in full. Now, the, the problem, though, what we have, a lot of us, we get so used to sin, we think that's cool. Well, well, my daddy, was uh, he drank all the time. What's wrong with me drinking all the time? Daddy smoked all the time. What's wrong with me smoking all the time? It's just like this lady. She's living in this hoarded house, all this junk. And we got folks like that. Hopefully it's not us. We got some people like that that's living among some junk. And they just living like that. And you go in there, ooh, I hate to go to that house. You just, you just hate to even go in. You're ready to come to the front door and leave. Or call them on the phone. You don't even want to go to their house. They got all kind of junk. Some of us got so much junk in the garage you can't park the car in. And if you already had the car in, you can't get the car out because you got so much junk in the garage. And I'm saying, I know I got my white brothers and sisters on here, but it's us too. We got junk too. It's laundry day. We got clothes everywhere. Clothes everywhere. And we don't know when we're gonna put it all up. We just looking and we see, we say I'm overwhelmed. And so we never deal with it or address it. That's how many times we have sin in our life and we feel I'm overwhelmed. And we do nothing about it. And what God's saying, don't you deal with it. Give it to me. Come to me. Come to me. The last thing, get ready. We need to get ready. We need to demonstrate his love. I'm sorry, let me back up. God demonstrated his love to us and the death of his son. But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that we were, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Your love, talking about God, never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out of me. And I could say on me. We have redemption. We have the forgiveness and so forth. I just want to skip. Some of us have said, well, I want to be free. I want to be free. But many of us have gone back to the plantation. We've been freed of the sin. We've been freed. Christ has freed us. We accepted Jesus Christ and he has freed us. But some of us have walked back to the plantation. And we're like, hey, master. We have to come back to the same mess that God said, I'm freeing you from. And then we'll go back to the plantation and walk off of that and become a free man again. And walk back. We'll keep going back and forth with this. We live a slave and free man life. And God is saying, you have an inheritance. You are now my child. You don't, you're not the child of the world anymore. I'm freeing you. You don't have to go back to the plantation. But you know what? A lot of us see the plantation and it looks good. Doesn't look good? That's a good looking house. That's some good looking trees. And you ever see no plantation? You got to kind of drive up to it. It look like, I would love to live there. But you're never going to live in a big house. You're always going to work in a big house. You're always going to work the fields Because the truth is, this is the devil's house. This is not my house. This is not your house. This is the devil's house. So he doesn't mind messing with your mind. He doesn't mind you coming back to the plantation and succumbing back to your sins. He doesn't mind you getting jacked up. But this is what God's saying. You are my child. I will come to the plantation and drag you off the plantation so that you understand you are free indeed because my son blood frees you. But some of us, just like the Israelites, longing for Egypt, longing for the plantation. And God's saying, why? What's our struggle? Why do we struggle with it? Now, for those who are not saved, I'm going to be honest with you, you're on the plantation. You think you're working for yourself, but you're not. You're not working for yourself. You are dying daily. And it's time to live. We're no longer stuck at the plantation. God is saying, I have forgiven you. You can come to me, and I'm right here. I'm saying, come to me. So it's time for us to get ready. We got to get ready for the freedom that we have in Christ. We got to get ready for the inheritance. We have an inheritance of eternal life. We have an inheritance where God saying, I will not forsake you nor leave you. We have an inheritance that God's saying, I'm with you no matter where you go. If you're in a pit of hell, I'm with you there. If you're in a club, I'm with you there. But if you're in a church house, I'm with you there. If you're in a boardroom, I'm with you there. I am with you no matter where you go. You can't leave my family. that's the kind of inheritance that you have and I'm even telling you I have one begotten son but I got a lot of adopted daughters and sons and with those adopted daughters I said they are a co-heir with my son so you gotta get ready for your inheritance you gotta get ready for an advocate when Satan is going up to God and saying you know Kelly ain't about nothing Kelly don't do nothing Kelly ain't done this she ain't done this you have an advocate saying God but I paid it all. But, but, but she, don't, she don't praise you, I paid it all. But she don't do this in the morning, I paid it all. But she don't have enough faith, I paid it all. You got an advocate who's saying, look at him, he'll glutton again, I paid it all. You have a God, a Jesus Christ, that's saying whatever you're going through, I'm advocating for you on your behalf to my Father. you got to get ready for the grace that you have. Because, see, many of us, we get into a rut, and we don't remember. There's grace coming down on us. You might be feeling like you're in a pit of a pit of a pit, that you can't climb out of it. You're saying, I'm so deep in this mess, I can't get out. But God's saying my grace it's still extending to you. I'm still reaching for you. You got to get ready for the grace that he has for you. And then you got to get ready for a God that will supply all your needs according to the riches, riches of him through Christ. You got to get ready for a God that no matter what you need, God going to supply it. Now, I'm not saying he's going to give you a Ferrari. You may not need that. I had a person this week told me, you need to get you a Yukon. What year is your car? 2002, you need to get you a big body. That, that look good on you. I'm thinking, brother, but I don't have to pay for that. That bill's are paid. See, I got my knees in my car running good. My needs are met. But see, many times we go outside our knees. Do I need this guy? Do I need this female? Do I need this car? Do I need this credit card? Do I need this house? Do I need this situation? Do I need a job? And we don't come to God about our needs. We're coming to God about our wants. We're treating God like he's a genie. And God said, I'm a father. And I don't know about you, but my daddy addressed my needs. My mama addressed my needs. I didn't need a a big old mansion. I needed a good education. I didn't need a, a Super Nintendo. I had a Nintendo. We were all right. And I probably didn't even need the Nintendo. But that's here or there. That's here or there. I'm thankful for the Nintendo. But God supplies your needs. Now, you got to get ready. See, some of us have never experienced real love. Real love. Love that says nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Nothing that you do. Nothing that you say. Nothing that you, who you with or when you with them, nothing can separate you from the love of God. No government, no laws, nothing can separate you from the love of God. It's not conditioned upon you. It was conditioned upon the the love of God totally. And it's unconditional. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. So that's the gospel. Simple, yet powerful, beyond our imagination. In Christ, we have redemption and forgiveness. See, that's a rose. If I just focus on the thorns, I might not ever pick up a rose. That's why when they sell it in the stores, they don't sell it like this. How they sell it? Like this, amen. We gotta start looking at our life like that, because even though we might have some thorns in our life, God is saying. already covered up with my blood. Focus on the promised life that I have for you. Focus on that promised life. I'm a God that's with you no matter where you go. And from that rose, there can be more roses. Amen? Amen. We're going to open our doors of our church. Amen? If anybody wants to come down and accept Jesus Christ as your pro-savior, this is the time. If anyone wants to come down and join Victory Baptist Church, This is the time. If anyone wants to just simply come down and say, I need prayer, because I've been in the pit, brother. I've been struggling, and I've been struggling, and I need somebody to intercede in prayer with me. This is the time. Come on down. Amen. Oh, how he loves you and me.